morning. I thought what I would do is that now we are um, past Tisha B'Av. So starting our focus. Now it's turning to L, so I thought I would discuss, uh, start out, use as my base, a Gemara that we can um, very much tie into L, the Shuvah, to Gemara at the end of the first paragraph. Gemara says, the person should, is supposed to be Yira Adam Atzma, Ilu Zakai. The person is supposed to view himself as a Benani. He's supposed to view himself as standing in the precipice between being a good person or not a good person. Right? A person is considered a good person. He has more mitzvahs, more mice and toivim than a virus, meaning 50.0001%, you're a tzaddik. The other way, God forbid, 49.9999, you're a rasha. You have only less tzaddik than you do uh, of bad. So a person is supposed to view himself as though he's in the middle. He's right there in the middle. Also, mitzvah achas, Right, so so if he does one mitzvah, he's going to effectively give himself uh, uh, life, and one avera, he's going to put himself he's going to put himself on the other side. Says Rashi, see yourself as though you're equal, both. Uh, in, in good deeds and in bad deeds. So if you view yourself that way and the world that way, that it's half and half, that one mitzvah can change not just you to make you a tzaddik, but it can change the whole world. And obviously a person is always going to be incentivized do the right thing. He's going to always be incentivized to do more tzitzkis because if he doesn't, God forbid, he could destroy the world. That is the Gemara in the end of the first prostitution. The Ram brings that down in Hathos Shuvah. The Ram says that the person should understand the Ram says this is not something that a person should think about just when it comes to El. This is something that one should think about the entirety of a year. should always view himself as He should view himself always as being half and half. And if he does one view the whole world like that. And God forbid if he does one thing wrong, he can cause destruction. The calves and it can make everything go well. The garland and it can cause the whole world to have a saving, to have a salvation. And that's what it means when a positive tzaddik is is the foundation of the world. person makes himself into a tzaddik, he is going to be machriya the world to tzchus. So there's a gemara in brachas. The gemara the end of brachas tells us. Um, in relation to this, and this will connect us to the person I wanted to focus on today. So the Gemara says like this, the Gemara says, Omar Rava, and 
the Masoret Hashanah says they think maybe this should, should be Rabbah. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So we'll start with Amar Rabbah. He going Anu Benanim. The let me start off from the Gemara right before the time. The Gemara says Rabbi Yisak Lili Amar. Basically, says a very, very interesting part. It says, Tzadikim Yetzer Toiv Shoftan. A Tzadik, his Yetzer Toiv judges him. And he brings down a Pasuk. Bainanim, uh, sorry, Raja, Yetzer Hara Shoftan. Raja is judged by his own Yetzer Hara. This connects with the mind and the Sukkah. I don't want to get into this as making this a whole uh, Rosh Hashanah kind of tshuva, you know, L class, but, but it connects to the end of of uh of, at the end of sukkah talks about how at the end of a, a life a russian and tzaddik each see their yetzahara and and the russia sees a yetzahara that's minuscule and tzaddik sees a yetzahara that's enormous and each one is crying hello each one is crying and each one is like i don't understand so i said how could i possibly have conquered such a mountain and the Rosh is like, how could I possibly not have been able to walk over this little bump in the road? And each one ends up crying. So this is, you can connect that Gemara to this Gemara over here. That Tzadik gets judged by his own Yetzer. The Rosh gets judged by his own Yetzer. The Tzadik is judged by his own Yetzer type. And the Rosh by his Yetzer Haran. The Benini, Zev Zev Shreft, and they get judged by both. So, so the, and the Ramah says, by the way, that obviously, this kind of a very primitive and very uh, pedagogically necessary tool that we tell little kids about, you know, mitzvahs and averits, and each one is like a little package, and, and you have scales. Like, that's not the way it works by God. It's far more subtle. The thoughts, the emotions that go into a person's decision or action, each thing is weighed. And the, there's not like the kind of a scale which, you know, has, okay, you want the shakas that gets one point, and you want to learn an hour, you get that. Like, that's not the way. It's, it's much more complex than that. But the you can't give over ideas with such complexity in a quick way. So this, we have to dumb it down, as it were, in a way that's going to be still pedagogically meaningful and also be able to make the idea clear. And the point is here is that a person who is a tzaddik is judged by his own Yetzir type, a Rasha by his Yetzir Hara, and a Benini by both, is in effect, in relation to this notion of how much a person is able to action himself. So again, the Gemara is telling us that a person, the Gemara Kedushin, the end, the first paragraph, the person should always view himself as a Benini, right? And we're connecting this now to this Gemara in the end of Brachas that tells us that Rabbah says about, oh, well, Gemara says Rabbah, but the Messiah Shah says Rabbah. And, and, and this is connected to a Bryce where basically it says that it's Sadiq Yetzir Shafi Shafi, Rosh Yetzir Haraz Shafi, and Benini is Shafi by both. Right? And we connect that to the Gemara in the end of Sukkah, where the Gemara tells us about the Sadiq and Rosh Yetzir Ganakar, Halalabach, Halalabach, because each one sees. What the Yetzirah in the manner of what they conquered. The Tzaddik sees the Yetzirah that's enormous because that's what he conquered in life. Rosh sees the Yetzirah that he did not conquer and he sees it as nothing that he could have conquered. And this is the same idea of basically saying over here that in effect, the Tzaddik is judged by his Yetzirah because that's where he put everything in. He put his whole effort 
into growing in life. The Russia, he put his whole effort into being Nikshal in life. And the Benini, who's not sure who he is, he gets to a Bebu. Good. So that on that, Rabba or Rabba, more says Rabba, but Tursa says Rabba. So, so over here, um, so Rabba says like this, or Rabba says like this, going Anu Benin, like us who are Beninim, like us who are Beninim, says Abaya back to Rabba. So Abaya says that Mar, this is why the Masorah Shashah says it has to be Rabba. Masorah Shashah says it has to be Rabba because Leishavik Mar. If, if, if Abaya was talking to Rabba, he wouldn't call him Mar. Mar is like a master, like somebody who, who was not his bar plukta. So, so Rabbi and Rabbi, Rabbi Kukli doesn't refer to him in such a, such a respectful term. It's like, he's my buddy. But for Rabbi, who's a generation before, you would, you, of course, he would give him the proper appellation. He would give him the right term of respect. And that's what he would say, Rabbi. So that's when Masoyah Shashas is proof that this is about Rabbi and not about, about um, Rabbi. But I think the, the Raya is even stronger. Then the Masoretz Shah says it. The Rai from the Masoretz Shah is just on the word Mar. But it's Pasha, because you go back to the Gemara and Kedushin, which brought down this Maimar of right? It's because of the fact that that's a Maimar from Rabbah. That's a Maimar from Rabbah. So obviously, that, that makes sense to tie this in. Because he holds Okay. So that to me is partial that it has to be Rabbah. And Abaya is saying to Rabbah, if you, everybody's going to view themselves as a Benini, um, then if you're going to view yourself as a Benini, then there's no room left for anybody else to live because obviously you're a great giant. And if you're a Benini, then what am I? So Abaya is not happy with the way Rabbah is, is talking about himself. Rabbah was adding, adducing to this part from a basic. And then we do have a vert actually from Rava, but but just to leave it on that point, because remember we quoted the Ram and the Ram says that a person does have to view himself as a Bainan. So what does it mean? Who's right here, Abaya or Rava? The Gemara Kedushin we brought down, no one's arguing with this. If the person's going to view him, the Ram is bringing down as a quote halacha. A person should always view himself as a Bainan. Does that mean a Meshach has to view himself as a Bainan? The answer is yes. The, what the dispute here is maybe in terms of that Rabba shouldn't be saying the way he said it. What Rabba said is he said it like us, he said it publicly. Okay, if you're saying I'm a nobody, right, then nobody else can be, you know, everybody know the, the story with the, the, there was two great, a few great Muslim yeshivas, right, pre-war Europe. One of them was well, Navardic. Navardic it was a very different kind of a place than like Slavok, but hey, Slavok was all about the growth of man, the greatness of man, regardless of Adam. And the Vardic is all about the kindness of a person, about the making a person more humble. And there's a story, a legendary story, that a person came to the base of Madrash, a new, new Bach comes to the base of Madrash, and he sees all the people all sitting around. The way they would teach themselves how to be nobodies was that they would, you know, this is... This is stuff of legend, but there is truth to it. There are people who attest that this is in fact what happened. They would, in order to teach themselves modesty and humbleness, 
They would walk into a grocery store and ask for a drill. The guy would say, what do you want? Go away, you silly. Like, we don't sell drills here, we sell groceries. And they would go into the harvest store and ask for a Danish. And, and in this way, they would get screamed at and yelled at and try to teach themselves, you know, to the machniya, their nefesh, to, to, to sort of make themselves more submissive, more, more, more humble, and, and the like. The person comes and makes Madrash, new boy, and he sees everybody's going around and saying, I'm a nothing, I'm a shuffle, I'm a this, I'm a zero. And, and the boy sits down at his table and starts saying, I'm a zero, I'm a nothing, I'm a shuffle. And the other boys turn around and say, he thinks he's a nothing? <laughs> right? Because it takes a long time to become a nothing. So what's the difference between what Abai and Rabbi are saying? Rabbi is saying, he's going to unubain in it. And Rabbi is saying, you're not giving anybody room there. If you're a banity, then who am I? The more is not being machria either way. But I think what Abaya is saying about Rabbi is not that Rabbi shouldn't view himself as a banity. Rabbi, view yourself as a banity. But, but don't share that with me. When you tell me you're a banity, then I now am a Rasha. So better you keep your banity to yourself. And I think Rabbi is pointing out no. Even me, I have to view myself as a band because everybody is relative to themselves. This is the whole word of and it could be that's the reason why the Gemara is saying it right after. Right, the Gemara is tying. Right, the Gemara said that that Rabbi said that the tzaddikim are, are done by their yitzchak and the rishonim are done by the yitzchak and the bainim are done by both. And then Rabbi says, "What's the connection? Why do you have to bring it up? Why is the mis- why is the Stomach the Talmud, why is the narrator of the Shas, why is it putting this Gemara right here? It's not, you could have put Kigayan Anubayan, you could put this Gemara back in Kedushan. Putting it here, I think, because to give you the idea that Rabbah's position on this is different than Abayah's position. Abayah's, Rabbah's position is, I'm a Bainani because I have to also be viewed as a Bainani. Whatever that would mean. Everybody has to view themselves as relative to what they could be. And relative to where they are, they can always be better. If anybody would view themselves for a day in their life, no, I'm good, I'm great, I'm done, then why are you here? If you're here, it's because there's another day to do work. There's another day for a job. So even if you have a whole life of amazingness, what's today going to be? Every single day, a person has to view themselves as a band, and that's Rabbah's position. And obviously, there's no hachron the gemar, which way you look at it, Abai and Rabbah disagree. Okay. So the more then says Rava, an actual Rava, the more says Amar Rava, the world was created only for the Rishon and the Tzadikim. So Amar Rava, another word from Rava, a person should know about himself if he's really a Tzadik or not. Amar Rav, and then Rav adds on, and Rav is obviously before them, but Rav adds on, the world is created only for the Right, we just said the world's created on the Tadigan Gemur, Rishon Gemur. It says that's, that's um, uh, the two sort of polar opposites that you can imagine. Achav as a Rasha, and Benin Mendez says it's Sadiq. The Achav and Amir Olam Azeh. For Achav, the Olam Azeh was created, and Benin Mendez saw Olam and Benin Mendez saw Olam Abba was created. So I thought this is a good segue. Right, use these Gemars to start getting into El and we can connect it to talk about um, working. And in this case, poverty. Because Rebchanim Ben-Daisa, as we will see, was a person who was Malum Benisim, 
he basically was one of these kind of people you could say about inside of time. He's living at a different level, a rarefied level. Imam Brachas is making an opinion the whole world says the Tzadik Gomer that he's the epitome of why the world is created. If you say, I'm going to say the world is created for the Rishon Gemur, and Allah is created for the Tzadik Gemur, that's the epitome of the greatest Tzadik and the greatest Rasha. Then what we're saying is we're talking about a person here that is on a different level, a different league. And in fact, we have unbelievable example of unbelievable examples in the Gemara and the Tainas talking about and the incredible miracles that he was able to engender, and yet he lived uh, in life of absolute penury, poverty, unbelievable poverty, but it's a choice. As we will see, he had a choice in the matter. He clearly didn't have to live that way, and he decided to. That is what this will help us understand is that there were certainly many who chose a life of poverty and spirituality over the opposite. And Kadim Mendes is one of those who is clearly he has an option that the Mars bring it down as he had an option. So there's a Medrash, beginning of Kahelas Rabbah. The Medrash Rabbah says like this. The Medrash Rabbah says that from Kadim Mendes a little bit of time of the second bias, right? The Mars tells him Brachas and Gamil had him daven for him, for his son. We're going to maybe come, out, come across that Gemara. He learned of Rechim Zakai. So Rechim Medesa lived at the end of the second batch. He saw his neighbors, everybody's bringing Karbanas to Yushalayim. So I'm not calling Yushalayim and Darman Dosa and any Maladova. He says, everybody's bringing Karbanas and I'm not bringing anything. So he felt bad. He didn't feel bad that he didn't have money. He felt bad that he didn't have money for Eilis and Zvach. He felt bad that he couldn't bring the Dabram and the Dabas to the base of Mikdash. Right? That's what he felt bad about. He didn't feel bad they didn't have, they didn't have uh, um, you know, any any assets. So Ma, so what did he do? He went out to the, the desert. Why did he go out to the desert? Not 100% clear. He goes out to the desert. Maybe you want to tie it. He goes out to the desert because maybe he worked in the desert. I don't know. But it says he goes out to the desert of his of his city. And he saw a stone. Maybe he was depressed. Maybe that's why he went out to the desert. Not 100% clear. Anyhow, it sounds like he's going out to the desert as a connection to the fact he doesn't have any Dharma and Davis. But what he's doing, not clear. So he goes out to the desert. And he sees a stone with America and like sort of smoothed it out, made it look nice. Must have been a nice stone. Must have been something valuable. So he says, I'm going to bring this beautiful stone to Yushalayim. And that's going to be my, my nether. That's going to be my nether. So in his damn um, he needs some workers. So they come. They asked him for some money to carry the stone. He says, I don't have any money. Have they left? Hashem prepares them instead. He says, Maybe you'll help me with the stone. He doesn't know that they're in He said, They said, Yeah, no problem. Uh, you give us some money, and, but so long you have to hold the stone with us. So he holds the stone with them. All the side, all the uh, the Nesikalim here on the Medish Rabbah, they all say 
uh, bring down Zayar, that this is something to do with like when you, since he was putting his own efforts into it, it was able to sort of make it go that much better. This relates to a whole slew of other um, of other areas that we can connect this to, but the basic idea is that a person has to do a little bit, and I could have come in and fill in the rest, right? Your pisco to connect the rest Hashem takes care of the rest. You just have to do a little bit. Um, so um, it's also connected with what I spoke about on Shabbos Day in relation to that Akarish Bok gives you Kayak, you take the Kayak al and Hashem decides that the result will be good or not. But at the end of the day, you just have to put in making the potential energy kinetic. Hashem takes care of the rest. So in this case, he put his hand on the stone, and somehow they find themselves in Shalayim. And he, he wants to pay them, he doesn't have any money to pay them because they're not there. I mean, he, he has the money to pay them, they're not even there. So Nicholas goes, he goes to the Sanhedrin, and they say to him, Shemalak Hashar's head you got spiritual help. So from this Maisa, we see that Rechani Mendes was obviously poor. He didn't have money to pay the workers. He didn't have money to bring the government and others. But he desperately wanted to. He was not desperate to having assets and capital. And money. That was not what he was desperate for. What he was desperate for was the ability to be able to give to the Beis HaMikdash. And for that, he has a special miracle happen then. Because he found a stone that's worthy of bringing, and he has a special miracle happen to him that he's able to bring the stone to Shalim. The uh, by the way, the the Medrash then continues here. The Medrash Rabbah, and the Medrash says about Shlom HaMelech. Shlom HaMelech, we know that when he uh, becomes king, right? So he was he was not the obvious choice for the throne. Right. Before him had been Absalom, who thought he was the obvious choice. And after you have a day of Hagis, there were others who thought that they should be leading, not Shalom. But David Amalek had promised Bathsheba that Shalom would become the king. And remember that his first child, Bathsheba, had passed away. This was Shalom was the second child, Bathsheba, and he promised that he would be the king. That was in part presumably because he loved. But it was also in part because that would help remove whatever cloud there was about the story of David HaMashev of Shlom HaMalach leads after. But after David HaMalach passed, is, uh, well, he's about to pass away, he's very ill, and Adonio decides to become king, and they have to stage an intervention, as they say, and in order to get Shlomo on the throne, then David passed away. When Shlomo becomes the king, he has a dream. The dream is he's offering basically whatever he wants. He can have you know, tremendous wealth, he can have power, what, what he wants. So he asks us, he wants wisdom, he wants coffee. And so the, the, the response from heaven is that because you ask the right thing, because you ask the right for the right, uh, you know, for the right kind of thing. You didn't ask for power. You didn't ask for money. You didn't ask for, you know, you asked for wisdom. You asked to be a sagacious person. You asked to be someone who can understand people, who can understand, you know, the world. So therefore, you're going to get everything, right? That's like a classic. Because you are you acting appropriately, you get rewarded appropriately. So the measure says 
the Koshlama asked appropriately, the Therefore, Chachma and Mada was given to him. What is the Chachma and Mada? So it's clear from this Madrash that what we're talking about is not, doesn't say, use the word Torah close enough. Why? Because of the fact that the Madras learns from here. Right? We know the Gemara tells us, but how do we know that one of the main sources for how do you know you make a bar mitzvah? The basmith is accepted. That's a uh, modern innovation. It's really Asia. Moshe Feinstein and others, they explain that when Moshe said that uh, uh, you make it a, a seam or whatever to make it a Sudas mitzvah. It's really says that it's uh, the situation of uh, of uh, the times of change, you have to you have to acknowledge, you know, the fact that a girl has reached an age of, of adulthood, um, but it was never done, you know, in years past. What about what about uh, a bar mitzvah? Bar mitzvah before 100 years ago was effectively, you know, you got clear, you had some herring, that was it. That, that was the whole. That was all. But they had some acknowledgement. Who was the acknowledgement? What's the source? The source of Gomorrah by Rabbi Yosef, right? The Rabbi Yosef became blind, and as a result of being blind, he was caught in the mitzvah. He, he was very happy when he heard, the Gemara tells us, he heard a part that the Summa would be part of the mitzvah, and, and he was still doing it. So he was very proud of himself. It's great. Then he heard that the Summa Vaisa is more Yetzirah involved with such a person, so therefore, it's harder to do the mitzvahs, but he's blind and he's not a tuba isa, he's part of the mitzvahs. So then, then he uh, is a lesser star. We didn't talk about this, but on Friday night, when we touched on the idea of a girl learning Torah, because it says in Bahayim Shemoya, the Matzim it's a phrase that the Ram and the Talmud Torah says that, that a woman, of course, when she learns, Get scar, but not like a scar of a man. Why? This idea. So Rabbi Yeshua says in Akimara that if somebody came along and said to me that really I am Kai of a mitzvah, then I would make a whole party. Why? Because of the fact that I see my scar is worse. My scar is worse because I'm not a mitzvah of being blind. Whether or not today a blind or a deaf person would say the same thing, right? Would you say the same idea? Because of the fact that today they can get by better than they were able to in those days. In those days, they thought people who were deaf mutes were crazy. They didn't understand. You could have Helen Keller, right? Because they were locked in the prison of their own, you know, the, the, their own situation. They, no one could possibly understand them. They have a deaf mute. How could it be five minutes? They can't communicate. It seems like they're crazy. Today, we understand or not. So whether that has practical law communication is not for right now. But the idea is that we see from Rabbi Yosef that he was willing to make a party just to know that he's five minutes is applicable, and that's the source for Bar Mitzvah. We have another source here in this Medrash. The Medrash Rabbah tells us that we learn out. We learn out from this Maisel, Shlema Melk, getting this special uh, uh, gift dispensation from the Kodesh Boku. We got, gave him all the Chachra and Mada, and Hashem says he's going to give him everything. So we learn out that we make a Suda when a person finishes learning. Why is that? Because Shlem HaMelech, when he got this dream that Hashem is giving the Chachma and the Manda, he came to the base of Mikdash and he brought all these Ba'ilas and Shlem. He brought it. Shlem HaMelech, you go in the beginning of Malachim and you read about him, had on his table, like it's, it's not to be believed, the amount of 
animals that would slaughter daily just to feed his household. If it's literal, it's just mind-boggling. The, the simple amount of consumption is, is beyond belief. Beggars believe. If it's not meant to be literal, then the question, okay, it's just meant to be just enormous. But you go through the numbers, there's thousands of sheep and goats and not. I mean, it's just it's mind-boggling numbers. So, and Shlomo did everything with enormous quantities. The whole tangential point that I want to get into right now, whether it's the, <coughs> whatever it came, the various different things that it was learned about it, that a king is not supposed to do, it all seems to be very large quantities. In any event, what we see from, what we see is that Shlomo Malach, after he has his dream, he comes to Beit HaMikdash, and he brings all these korbanim. And says the Medish, Medish is learning out, he got from as a result of the dream, as a result of asking for the right thing. He gets award all of these things. He comes to his makes makes a huge party. It brings a lot of karbanas. Says the Medish, That's when we, we have a, a source to understand that you make a suuda when you finish learning. Why? Because what was the, what was Shlomo doing as a result of getting all this chachma? He wrote That's the Torah, and he got that as a result of getting this chachma. And that is obviously sort of fetching that it only took him some time to write all of these books. Right? He didn't just have the dream, boom, 12 years old, and write all the books that day. But the Medrash is putting it together. And why did he come to the Medrash and, and bring so many sacrifices? It's because he got all the Chachma. What's all the Chachma? How is it reflected? It's reflected all the Torah that he wrote. Right? The three Megillas that we have. Uh, two Megillas and, 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 and Mishra that we have. So... What I see from here, what I see from here, from this medrash, is a cute thing, because here we're talking about that Hashem grants him all the Chachma, and what do we talk about the Chachma as being the Torah? And it's the place you see Torah and Mada actually together. All right, so now we continue going. So we have some of Mendesa. We mentioned, we connected, we started out with getting, you know, now to El. We started out with the Bainanese, connected to Rabbi Mendesa, who is the world's creative force, the world's only creative for the Tadig and Gemurim, the Shah Gemurim, and this prime example, the epitome of Tadig and Gemurim, whereas Akam is God for the epitome for the other way. And then we go to the Gemara and Tainus, and the Tainus tells us a little bit about Rabbi Mendesa. We have really a whole block of dealing with him and, and, and the miracles that were associated with him. So, just to give an example of what I mean, that, that he chose poverty. He didn't have to live that way. That is, we don't know what he did. Maybe then the Madrash went out to the desert, to, uh, but maybe that was part of his job. He, he, maybe he had something to do with stones. How did he know how to fashion stones? How did he know how to recognize that this was a good stone to fashion? I don't know what he did. It's not clear that at least I'm aware of anywhere what we know exactly. But it seems to me that the, what we can say about him is that he chose poverty. Right? By Hillel, the more Numa tells us, Right, that he is Mechaev Da'anian to learn Torah because he was poor. Well, it's not that we can see necessarily that he had a choice about it. Here we see a person who literally has a choice. Morris says, like this. He was in the middle of walking on the street and it was raining. So, so he says, the whole world is, is happy and I'm sad because I'm walking in, in the rain. He didn't obviously know about the movie. Was it called Singing in the Rain or Dancing in the Rain? Singing in the Rain, right? He was unhappy. He was in the rain. So the rain stops. 
when he gets home, he says, now I'm home, and now I'm happy. But the world is back, it's not raining, we need the rain. So it starts raining again. So I'm Rabbi Yasef, who we just mentioned, we talked about Rabbi Yasef. I'm Rabbi Yasef, Maya Hani likes Luther to carry God to Gabra Kemenesha. He says, what is the benefit of the, of the tefillah of the Kain Gadol when you put it next to the tefillah of Rabbi Kemenesha? The Kain Gadol, remember the Kain Gadol was Avin. One of the, the, the Kain Gadol on, on, on Yom Kippur, when he going in, he was Avin on tefillah Kipsar, not too long, the more numerous houses, because you do too long, it gets people nervous. Down short, was the tefillah kapsar included? Was not to let the tefillah of the average rachim reach you because the average rachim are going back home wherever they came from. But they all came to the Elbegel, they're going to go home, they're going to be davening for dry weather because right? the rain will make the roads impa impassable, right? Make it very difficult. So they're all davening for dry weather. And, and the Kangal is supposed to say, Hashem, please ignore these tefillahs because we need the rain, right? Right after the yonder, they need the rain. That's the growing season, everything has to get going. So they're davening for the rain, right? They say, Masha Baruch Maranagash, we're davening for the rain. But the Urban Rachman is saying, please, no. So, so the Kayan God was davening that Hashem should ignore the Urban Rachman and let the rain come. So Chimenez walks down the street and he says, stop the rain, start the rain. So the feel of the Kayan God was connected to the feel of Urban Chimenez, doesn't hold any water. All right, so the Gemara, the, the Gemara then continues. And the Gemara says, like this. Um, the whole world subsists on, on the merit of Rav Chinin ben Daisa. Rav Chinin ben Daisa exists on a, on a bit of carrot. Right in the cave, right? And he, what he ate is the carrot. That's what Rav Chinin ben Daisa It's like a cheap food. You go to Israel, you see it growing wild. That's what he ate. That's what he ate for a whole week. And here, we, the Gemara gives us an insight, a very big psychological insight into his wife. The Gemara continues, She would light up her oven to every Arab Shabbat, and she put in something the, you know, the, we said the pseudo Rashi says, some sort of a thing that smoked up the, the why? So the neighbors, everybody should see that her now oven is smoking because she was very embarrassed. Everybody has food to eat, we have no food. So what is that telling you? You have to stop here for a moment. That's telling him and there's his wife is living with him in this poverty, right? They're in partners together in this, in this incredibly um, deprived life where they have mamish nothing physically and she's a full partner. But she has friends, frenemies, enemies who make her feel bad, or somehow she feels bad that they have what to eat Shabbos and he doesn't have what to eat Shabbos. And maybe you could connect it back to that Medish Rabbah that told us that he felt so bad. Everybody's bringing his arm and his dovis, and he didn't have what to bring, right? So you see about both of them, this incredible desire to do something, right? In the case of Rechim and Daisus, to also give the Beit HaMikdash. In the case of his wife, to also have food for Shabbos. The more says, that she used to put in this kind of a mala ashen into the oven. You know, it should be a smoking oven. But she was embarrassed. Mishim Kisukla. The Gemara says that unbelievable. Havalei Hachshav, Mr. Bishta, Amra, Michti, Adan, blessed little boy, Midi, Michaelai, Azda, the Tarfa, Havava. So what happened was he had a neighbor, a nasty neighbor, 
She was like, what is it? Every week there's some smoke coming out of her. She has no, no money. She has no food. She never goes to the market. She doesn't buy anything. Why is she smoking your oven? So I'm going to check this out. Some a nasty neighbor wants to know the news. Gossip comes and knocks on the door. So she was embarrassed. She ran away to hide in her room. So when the night happened, the chazal tenu and run the Agamal Alicia, that the oven is full of bread. Everything's baking bread. But so it seems like it's a normal Friday afternoon house. So the neighbor who barged in, Amalei, Planta, Planta, Asimasa, the Kosarak Lachmik. Go bring uh, the bread pan thing, the shovel, to take out the, the breads out of the oven because they're going to burn. That is to say, the neighbor walks in and sees a normal Friday afternoon. So I'm alone. So the wife, this is what I mean, the psychological insight of the Gemara here, the more thing. She says, I'm Allah. She says to her wicked neighbor, I ran away. No. She says, I, I was going. I was just going to get the shovel, the bread pan, whatever it is, you know, to take out the bread. In other words, she had ran away because she was embarrassed. A miracle happened. And there's all this dough. And then she's um, when the when when she hears the neighbor calling for her, she says, "Oh yeah, that's what I was going to get." The, the Rashi here says that that's not in fact the way we think Gemara. She went to get, even though the Gemara seems to be pretty clear that Ichsafa the idol endure, even though Ichsafa she was embarrassed and she ran away. No, it seems to want, Rashi seems to want to suggest that she ran to get the shovel that she was expecting that there would be a miracle, that there would be bread. She knew it was going to happen when the neighbor barged in. Okay. Either way, not 100% clear to me, but but um, but in any event, uh, the that's where I went. And and I I think I said Rashi. The Gemara says, the Gemara says that she, in fact, went to go get the shovel. In other words, even though the story of the Gemara opened up by saying she was embarrassed and went the Gemara then says Tana that there is some man the Amar who felt that no, she actually went. She wasn't. She didn't go because she was embarrassed. She went because she knew she was going to get a name. That she knew she was going to have a miracle happen to her. Either way, she goes to get the shovel and um, and they take out the bread. So. Uh, that's story number one, the Gemara, over here in, in, in Tainas about the wife. That is to say that she understood their situation, their, their, their poverty. She was okay with it, but there were times that she was not okay with it. One of those times, Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon, Arab Shabbos and all the neighbors were cooking. She was not okay with her situation. She was embarrassed. Not that she wasn't okay with her situation. She was okay with the situation, but she wasn't okay with the fact that the neighbors knew about it and the neighbors were talking and, and gossiping about her. That's what she seems to have not been okay with. And that's what she was embarrassed about. That's point one of the Gemara. The next story in the Gemara is that she wasn't okay with it even fundamentally. She says to him, She says, how long are we going to have to live like this? In other words, I've been doing it for this amount of time. How much, like, is this the whole life? Is all, all of our life gonna have to be like this? 
So Mar says, Omar Allah, my Navi. What should he do? So boy Rachma is the next one in Khamidi. She says, Well, stop. We should get something. So boy Rachma, Yosemin Pisa's Yad, the Yabula Khadkar, the Pusha the Dava, the Psur the Dava, that she Davin, um, they Davin, and uh, came out from uh, a heaven, a sort of a, um, a, a, a leg from a table, a golden table. So the Gemara says, Chazob Bechalma, she saw in a dream, Asidi Tadiki Daachle Absur, the David Islet Pafkari, Vi Achelsa Papsura, the Trekar. She saw that in Lava, the Tadikim are sitting and eating at a golden table of three legs, and their table is two legs. So Omar Law, so she tells obviously, you know, um, what, what, what her dream was about. So Nechla de Mechel, Okay, to live, eat on such a table that everybody has a full table, we have a broken table. So again, what should we do about it? So they daven, and it was that it should be taken away from them. That is to say, the Gemara is telling us that they had the ability to change the situation. Their davening was so potent, their davening was so powerful. They could have wealth and mass as much as they want. But it comes off what the next world's gonna be. And so when they have the tremendous poverty, which eats at his wife, it's now no longer about simply the neighbor, it's about herself. She just simply can't live like this anymore. So the response from heaven is here you go. You can have a golden leg, you can sell this and make millions. So just be aware that. That means then the next world things are going to be a little bit different. And she says, I don't need it. In other words, that gives her the strength and the impetus to be able to, to stick around. In other words, we already knew that he himself is the tzaddik gum of the whole world is created for him. But now we're seeing that his wife right, has her own needs, which are not being satisfied in terms of her poverty. And she could ameliorate them and alleviate them. And he's not telling her not to. He's willing to work with her. He's willing to take it. But she has a dream. And she tells him over the dream. She doesn't keep it to herself. Tells him over the dream. What are we going to do about it? We can give it back. So they agree, we're giving it back. She's fully now back on board with living the impoverished lifestyle. She's willing to take it. So long as that means that the next world's not going to be tough. They turn it back up, you know. What they call fast mail, it's then it's like speed mail, air mail, send it back. Says the Gemara, Tana, This second age of taking back this golden leg was far greater than the fact of giving to them. Why? They can give you, but they don't take back in heaven. There's one more Maisha in the Gemara to, uh, to touch on. Maybe two. The Gemara says that. This is a mice about his daughter. So the more, the more that continues about that um, his daughter was very upset. Why are you upset? She had mistakenly lit the Shabbos candles, not in an oil lamp, but in a, in a lamp that she had put in vinegar. I don't know how you make the mistake, but somehow she made such a mistake. She said, 
Why worried about him? What's the big deal? The same person, the same entity that put the ability for oil to life, so it can like make vinegar life. We don't think of it this way because the world is running on nature. But if you think about the fact that the nature was created such that oil life, the nature could have created such that vinegar life. There's no fundamental difference. It was put into the order of the world. This is how it works. That's why this works this way. But in theory, it didn't have to work this way. It could have been an island huffer where you see that would be what we would consider unnatural today would be the nature. Rabbi Mendes is a person who's him. He's able to live in such a level that he simply says, I don't see the difference. Whereas would put in the Nature is by definition the greatest of miracles. The fact that we don't see it, that's the that's the sad thing. The sad thing is that we're not every single day blown away by the most amazing fact that the apples are green and, and red and you have different colors of every single fruit and just wax philosophical on why each thing has a different color. Why the seeds and why the leaves and why every single person can be blown away by just walking outside one minute, look at the grass and the leaves and the trees, and you're you're just out of this world. Just the simple aspect of every fundamental aspect of nature, how it all works together, how how it how it all is created, makes somebody blown away. The fact that we're not is because we're used to it. Rabbi is saying, why are we used to it? Nature being natural is just as unnatural as a miracle. There's no difference fundamentally. If you're living at such a level, then vinegar can burn. And that's what happens, says the Gemara, that burn so long that they use the light for Havdal. The next story here is what I think is the key story to see. Again, we don't give exactly what he did. Maybe, again, he was working in the desert with the stones. Not clear. But what is clear is that had the ability to make money. And this next story proved it. The next story comes up a couple of times in different places, but the story itself is here. The Gemara says, He had a lot of goats. His neighbor said, you're, you're causing us problems. Your goats, they eat, they're eating wild. They're eating everybody's things. Right? That's why now I have a Mehemadaka in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara mentions that here later on. So I'm like, then the says, if, if my goats are really so bad, then let them be eaten by bears. And if not, then if not, let each of my goats come carrying a bear. So that night, all the all the um all the goats came back with a bear in their horns. So the the place is obviously, you know. Unbelievable goats coming back with beers. Usually beers eat the goats. Here the goats not only escape the beers, they come back carrying the beer on their horns. So so what happened? So the Gemara says like this. Um, uh, so I'm going to skip the next story. The next story of the Gemara is a, somebody came to Mendoza and Mendoza and a lady came in and her, her house was not built appropriately. It said, you know, let the beams, you know, uh, be appropriate and beams get appropriate. And the Gemara says the guy Palima, we learn about Palima the end of Kedushin, that uh, that he saw. He says, I witnessed the house. It was unbelievable. The beams they, they were so long that they came outside the house. I like but again another miracle story of him and The Gemara goes back to this mice about the beers a few lines later, and the Gemara asks Kasha. 
says the Gemara that Rabbi Chinim and Daisa make an avalism. How did Rabbi Chinim and Daisa have goats? He was very poor. And number two, we know that you're not allowed to grow behemadakas in Eretz Yisrael. Why not? Because of the fear of gazel. They eat so wild, the goats, they can eat everything, right? That's people use goats as an environmentally friendly way of mowing lawns, right? People have goats. They literally can rent a goat to clean your lawn. It's a very environmentally friendly way to do it um, because they eat everything. So, so, so they want to know, how could it be? How does he have goats if he's so poor? And how is he having goats in Eretz You're not allowed. Says the Gemara, Amra Pinchas, it was a person who came to his house, from Khimadis' house, and he, he he lost, he forgot his, his chickens. And he, the wife of Khimadis, the one who we just met, she found these chickens, somebody left them, somebody lost them. So what did they do? So so basically what happened was they 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 um, the, they they kept them, they grew them. So he said to her, you can't we we can't eat from these, right? Because it's not ours. Obviously, you are, I think Morris Mabatia tells us you are allowed to do certain things with Matias if it's necessary for the thing. So, for example, if you have a, somebody leaves a, a coat, right, by your blanket, I don't know, every month you can take it out and you can shake it around or whatever and ear it out. So, moths should leave or whatever in order to keep it well. But to, but to use it, that you're not supposed to do. So, to eat the eggs, you're not supposed to be doing that. The harbor baits them. They had a lot of eggs. Matarna girl, and they grew a lot of chickens. And it was becoming impossible for them because they had so many chickens, so many eggs. Not touching it keeps on growing more chickens, more eggs. There's a whole whole bunch of generations here that are growing out of chickens. He's becoming a chicken farmer. And his wife's not very happy about it. Uh, they're both unhappy. Matarna and Isam, right? They were, they were both very not, not, not pleased. They Machan, so they sold the chickens. The economy demand easier, and they bought goats. So why are goats easier than chickens? Because they let the goats run wild. So Pamachas Adam. And obviously, when they ran wild, people thought maybe they were eating their stuff. So they said, they said, uh, you know, this test that we just saw before that your, your goats are stealing from us. He says, No, they're not. If they are, let them be eaten by beards. But if if they're really not stealing, if they're eating from the commons, right? This is where the story, the tragedy of the commons comes from. You ever heard of the tragedy of the commons? In the old days in England, the common law. They had a commons. People had the goats and the cows. What do they eat? Right? They had commons areas where anybody can go eat. All the animals can go eat. So the animals ate from the commons. They didn't eat from anybody's yard. But he, did, he didn't need to have the muzzles on these goats. The goats, they knew. So that's how he comes back. When Since they were really legitimate and honest in the way they ate, they came back with the beards. The Gemara is saying over here that, that that's the answer to how he had all the goats. He had all the goats because the once chickens. That whole mice, this is how he got all the goats. And the reason why it's not a problem we got them back in Eric's shows because his goats, they know where to eat from. And the reason why he had goats, even though he's an honey, was because it was somebody's chickens that dropped on the doorstep. So then Mars says the end of the mice was the, that, um, that the person comes back and um, after some, obviously, some amount of time, significant amount of time, and uh, you have a simon to prove this is what you want your chickens. I'm like, hey, here's my simon. So he gave him the simon. Oh, they were in fact his chickens. And in fact, 
the hen hen easy the ice do big the these are the chickens that the goats that came back with the with the bears in their horns so a number of things that we see from this Gemara. number one we see from this Gemara that he they knew how to make money Rabbi took somebody's chickens and he made the guy a, a lot of goats. He, he did it for somebody else, he didn't do it for himself. The Gemara is saying it couldn't have been his goats because Rabbi is the biggest honey. So, what's clear to me, huh? He couldn't, he couldn't afford it, he didn't have the capital to start the business. Maybe it's possible. But the point is, he, it seems that. Unnaturally, right? As a as a miracle way, he could have he could have made money, right? He could have he could have taken the golden leg and sold. Naturally, he could have made money because he had the ability to be misleading in the chickens and the goats. He knew how to figure it out. No, chose not to. That's what I'm saying is that one of the things that we can't forget in this topic and the wider topic is. Yes, we certainly find. And this is working. He's working here. Right? Rehim Adesh is working. They're, they're taking care of these chickens. Then it becomes too much size for them, so they get the goats. Right? The goats, they let them eat in, in, in the commons areas. And Rehim Adesh has confidence in his goats, that the, in, in this guy's goats that he's watching, that they're going to not eat from anybody else. But presumably the goats come home at night. They, they have to stay by his house. So he's in the business of taking care of somebody else's things, not for himself. But one of the things that, like I said, to point out is either in an unnatural or in a natural way, he's choosing not to be becoming successful in a material way. That's not what him and his wife are going after. Sometimes it gets hard as a see for his wife in certain situations, but he's not choosing to change the way that they live. The penury is part and parcel of what they are going after. And we can't forget that, that in many of the stories that we see from the people who Chazal, incredibly poor, that in a sense, this is a very legitimate approach, right? The Pasamel of Teufel, Laimam Suratish, as we learned about the end of August, this is a very legitimate approach. It is not the only approach, but it is a legitimate approach. And these people always had the option not to live that way. Yeah? Second, we said that these mice with the goats, that they didn't eat in the commons, and he had the confidence in them. The Gemara and Shabbos tells us, about about the, the Mishenik Malachim, right? If the, if the previous generations, right? It's always funny, like, who's the Rishonim, who's the Akron? If you look at, you know, the Rambam refers to Rishonim, right? You look at certain Rishonim that refer to the Ga'inim as the Rishonim, where the Akron, right? Each generation is the Rishonim, the Akron. So if Mars says, in the Rishonim of Malachim, then we're like, you know, Chamayrim. If they were like Chamayrim, then, like, what are we? Right. If if they were malachim, then we're people. If they're people, then we're chamar. Not like regular, not like a regular chamar. You know, like uh, like uh, not like and, and like regular chamar. Not like the chamar of Chanina Mendesa, because the chamar of Chanina Mendesa. Mark tells the story that she wouldn't eat from from Gizela. It's actually not so clear that is Maisa's of Chanina Mendesa's chamar. It's like Mark Tan is actually the page before. Mark tells about the story of Mercy the Minyukas. That seems to be the story. It says chamar of Pechas Benyar. And the Chamor of Yerushim and Yerushim. We don't have a story about Rafinim and Desis Chamor. It's not 100% clear, but anything more says there in Shabbos, Rafinim and Desis Chamor. We don't know exactly where that is. But if it's Rafinim and Desis Chamor and we don't have that at that Gemara, but nevertheless, he had a special Chamor, then we understand why he was so confident about his goats. 
his goats would, you know, or this guy's goats that he was watching. They wouldn't eat from the, uh, the, the they wouldn't have, have, do gazel, neither would his donkey, right? Um, just um, maybe say one more, one more point here on this. The, the Gemara tells about Basra, Misa, about a, a series of, of Mises, the, 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 the Marao, Nebera Goyla has a whole arich to try to explain the, the this parak, all the very, very um, um, unbelievable stories that we find here. When the Gemara says, he was on a boat. This is a whole whole series of stories of Rabbi Yechnan, a number of them. Rabbi Rachana, a student. And the next block, the Gemara tells us Rabbi Yechnan was once uh, going, um, giving a shear, and, and there was incredible, like also love it, Sadiq, you get incredible stones and, and jewels and all things like this. And a student, Talmud, is like a student making fun of him. We have the same lesson. Also, so so um, so the Gemara says that uh, the student was once on a trip and he saw these incredible stones and he came back to uh, to Rabbi Yechon and he said, "No, Rabbi, no, after Deirish, like, oh, oh, you 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 really know what you're talking about." So he says, "Really? You didn't believe me when I said it? When I said the shear, you only believed me when you saw the stones?" And he put his his uh, eyes on him and he became a galat summons. All right, so this is a, right here in this Gemara right before the Gemara says, a lot before the Gemara says a Misa, Rabbi Yechanan was once going on a boat and uh, he saw a Kazin and Hayi Kartalisa, the Havikam, the Kavi, the Abanum Teres, Margolius. He saw this, uh, this uh, chest, Kartalisa is a chest, and they have in it all these fancy stones. So it's pretty amazing. So Bar Amaroy, they sent in like a diver to go check out the chest. Um, to fill all these incredible stones. So while you're going down there to go swimming, so the Gemara says, Bar Amarur Lasuye Viroga Shibor Lashante, Laatme Vishoda Zika Dechalas Vinochas. Rabbeinu Gershmir gives two different words what it means. But while he went down there, some sort of a fish came to eat him. And either he put sand in his the fish's eyes. Or he put vinegar in the fish's eyes. We know if the fish comes to eat you, at least the shark, goes to punch him in the nose, right? Punch him in the nose. Somehow that does that tells the shark to go away. So any they had other they had other solutions. So they want to know what's going on with this cartilisis filled with all these incredible jewels. Jewels. So the more it says that these jewels are the bishes of Chinim ben Daisa. the These jewels of Chinim ben Daisa's wife. Her, her that she's gonna be be to all of this stuff as a result of the life that she led. It's not a hundred percent clear to me. Gemara says one line here that I don't have, I, I didn't have a chance to look into. But Gemara, Gemara says here a line. The the the, the Marsha says something. I, I don't really fully understand what he's trying to say, but I don't have a good shot. But the Gemara says that. The chest of the jewels was the shadit cheltabal tzadik elam de'ase. That somehow, Rinimadez's wife is going to make chelas using these jewels. Lasse lava for tzadik and for the tzitzis. I'm not really sure what that means. 
I'm not sure how to connect it to a you know, slew of other Gemaras. Um, we'll conclude with this. The Gemara tells us, the Gemara tells us a number of miracles of Rabbi and Dyson, Brachas also. The Gemara tells us that uh, the Mishnah, the Mishnah tells us that Rabbi um, Mendesa, when he would die for Rafaela, he would know if the Kaila would live or die based upon how good his Tila was. So the Gemara says in Misa that Rabbi Gamliel's son got ill and he sent people to go to Rabbi Mendesa to have him die for his son. And when they were coming, Rabbi Mendesa went up to the roof. And he davened, and he came down, and he said, everything's fine. And they said, they said, they said, how, how, how are you a Navi? Like, how, how, how do you possibly know that? He says, I have a Kabbalah, that if the Tzil Shagur feet, then I know everything's going to be fine. If it wasn't, then I know it wouldn't be fine. They came back to him and said, look, he's, he's good, my, my son is fine. And he said, at the exact time, when, when him and death said it was okay, his fever broke. His fever broke. And and it was literally the same time that Chimedes had come down from the from the davening. And then the more says, "Oh, another match of Rabbi Yechon and Zakai had a son that got ill, and and uh, Rabbi Yechon and Zakai asked Chanina Chimedes to daven for him, and he put his head between his knees and he davened, and he davened so much that the son got better and he lived. And Chanina Rabbi Yechon and Zakai said that." That uh in Mola Hitiak Menzak it's Rashi Bibbikar Kaim Tulay Lahimashikamala Amala Ishtai Khanini Gagalmaka Amala Lab Elahao Daimaka Evan Mala Fani Damasala. He says, you know, the difference between Khanim and Daisa and me is that Khanim and Daisa, he is like a servant by the king. The king loves him, and I'm like a minister. The minister doesn't get into the inner chambers, he doesn't have such a close proximity to the king. He's uh, an officer of the court. He's Important to the kingdom, he's but he's he's not allowed into the inner sanctum. Kingdom and dice is in the inner sanctum. So Akbar's brother listens to his chilas more than than he listens to mine. And the the this more right before the blah before the more mentions the mice that Kingdom and Daisa, uh, was such a kavana during davening that uh, like a scorpion came and bit him and the scorpion died, not him. And the more and, and and the more says a line that that uh, they were taking around this scorpion. And telling people you have to understand, Ruben is that what ain't I read Mamus It's not the scorpion that kills. Same way, it's not the oil that burns. Right? We connect that more back to Tainus. It's not the oil that burns. It's not the vinegar that doesn't burn. Kodesh makes it go. So the scorpion, the same thing. The nature works such a way that scorpions bites kill everybody. Uh, uh, makes it not kill. It's no different. That ability to live on that kind of a level. Someone who's such maluma that he didn't see nature as nature. So all of it as unnatural, all of it as miraculous. Such a person could change his situation. He could end up having brought miracles for himself, or he could have worked it out naturally, but he chose not to, he chose to live a life of penury. And in that way, him and his wife, although sometimes there were more difficulties, that's how they dedicated themselves to service of Akarish Bhakti